0: Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. At Alex underscore Meacham, Meacham spelled M E A C H A M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest.
1: All right, I'm excited to welcome in this former Bearcat great. Now, listen, there was an outpour on Twitter for me to interview this guy, and it was so strong I had to make it happen. He played for the Bearcats from 1999 to 2001. Definitely a New York City streetball legend. like to bring in my guy, number 11, Kenny Satterfield. What up, K-Sat? What's good, Alex? How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Uh, how are you surviving these crazy times?
2: Man, like everybody else, man, you know, just being trying to be patient, um, trying to stay safe and healthy, and um, just see what happens, man, just be patient.
3: Yeah, that's
2: about all you can do right now.
1: Now, where are you living? I'm in Columbus. You're in Columbus, okay. So so tell me, and I want Bearcat fans to, we're going to talk about you and your career, but um, I think there's one thing that you're doing a great job of, and that's being a great father. So, talk to us a little bit about your your family and your kids and, and their
2: basketball career right now. Um, my um my daughter's the oldest. She's uh Kaylin Satterfield. Um, Kay will be nineteen in August. She was a freshman this year at uh, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh She played at Christ the King. She played four years of varsity. She just she, she's a real versatile player. Um, she's a six-foot pretty much, she's a six-foot guard, you know, she can play one through four, um, has a high IQ, she has a lot of winning ways about her, you know what I mean, she's somebody that you would want on your team, she helps you win games. Um, mm-hmm. She's transferring from Ohio State and it's funny, she'll be attending the Xavier University next year too. <laughs> hey, I don't want to see you in any day, you dear dog, like, it's,
1: it's cool you be there though
2: no xavier gear (laughs) and and even 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 if it is xavier gear say it'll say it say what it'll say women's basketball (laughs) i hear you man have have people been giving you a lot of crap about that not at all not at all not at all i'm always a bear cat man you know what i mean this is you know xavier cincinnati is a big time rival um at the same time I think that's what makes I mean both schools great. You know, what I mean that 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 hatred but love for each other at the same time.
1: You mm-hmm.
2: know? Um being really competitive in everything they do. Um just trying to be number one in the city of Cincinnati. Um I think yeah. that, I think the genuine fan of any sport in Cincinnati just enjoys that, you know, of how right. competitive both schools are towards each other. So I think that's just great in general. Yeah,
1: and, and I know it's got to be, obviously,
2: you know, tough for you. You want
1: to let your child create their own path and make their own decisions, and she can't, you know, Bearcat fans, you'd be like, oh, Satterfield's daughter shouldn't go to Xavier, but you, you can't. Yeah, I mean, you got to let her
2: feel comfortable where she yeah. wants to go. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it go, a lot more goes into just you going to your dad's or your mom's bottom, like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, does it fit you? You know, um Times have changed, so a lot of these schools you know with time have moved from different conferences and things like that, and women's and men's basketball are totally different so it's mm-hmm. just it's just a big difference you know yep for sure. what about your other kids want to talk talk about them my son k j he's a um he's a freshman he played this year at Whitehall um, high school out here in um pretty much in Whitehall. Um, played varsity. He played about 15 games this season. Then I ended up taking him off the team. Um, it, it just, it was, it just wasn't the fit that we were looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, great coach, you know, good guy, things like that. But just, just wasn't what, what he needs, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, he played well for the games he played. Um, he finished some games, you know what I mean? Uh, KJ super young. Like, his birthday was, like, a week ago, I think. He just made 15. Uh-huh. So, for a freshman, he's really young. But um, the kicker play. he has a high IQ. Um, since the season is, was over, he done grew some. So, he's standing at, like, around one right now. So, he's confident about that. Um, He's going to be good. He's going to be really good. Like, he'll be one of the kids in the next i say two or three years that you'll probably be hearing my name again and people will be saying, you'll hear it more because he's a boy. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, like, if she was a boy, you would hear her name. You would have heard my name a lot with her because she was a top, you know, 30 player in the country, a five-star recruit, and played in the Jordan brand uh, All-American game and things like that. So they're both mm-hmm. pretty good. And my baby son is Christopher. He's off and on with basketball. Uh Um, me and my wife joke about it. I think he got burned out before he started, (laughs) you know, just, why do you, why do you
1: say that? Explain that.
2: You know, like he's, he's, he's really smart and out of all three of them, a lot of things naturally come to him easy, you know, like since he was like a baby, like, I mean, this kid was doing two ball dribbling. Like at three years old, like he could cross it over with the two balls and go behind like he could do all the drills with it at like three years old. But it seemed like by the time he got like seven or eight, it was just like he had enough of it. hmm So I think just being in the gym so much at an early, early age and really couldn't go out there and compete with his brother and sister, I mean, like being on the team. I think he just got he just got kind of, you know, bored with it and his thing was more of going to his brother or sister game and running around the gym with whoever else brother or sister was on the team, you
1: know? Right.
2: But you, you, so. you think he's he's a kid that discovers it later maybe? He he's who knows with Christopher, man. He's just different, man. Like, you know, he's he's into so much other stuff. Like he really likes art a lot. Mm-hmm. Um he loves to read, he loves to write, uh he loves to talk. So like he done did like big time speeches in New York like, and presentations and things. Like he's just a different type of kid. So he likes sports. He's just not in love with sports like that. Yeah. Well, you you seem to uh,
1: you, you love being a father, man, and and helping your kids get to get to whatever level they're capable of getting to.
2: Yep, that's pretty much it.
1: No question. Let's uh, let's rewind the tape, Kenny. Let's let's go back um, to your days in New York City, man. You're you're from the Bronx. Um,
3: yeah.
1: Who let me ask you? Who are the most famous people to come out of the Bronx? As far as what, in basketball any. or just, just any, 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 the most famous people to come out of the Bronx, who would you, who would you list those as? Doesn't matter what, uh, sports, entertainment,
3: I want you to hear say, your list. Whew,
2: you would say like uh, people like Fat Joe. Fat Joe, for sure. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. She, J-Lo's got to be number one, right? She's up, yeah, I mean, for, for yeah, for, uh, of course. I mean, she's an international star. You know what I mean? Okay. So things like that. Um, whew. It's Rod Strickland is from mm. the Bronx.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Kimber Walkers from the Bronx. Hmm. Uh, these young kids they like his music right now. They the guy uh a boogie is from the Bronx.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Everybody with the hoodie hmm He's from yep. the Bronx. Um, wow. A great question. There's so many people, though. And I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel bad. And I'm. Yeah, she is. She's actually yep. from my grandmother's building. Really? Yep. And Jamie Thomas. Yep. Wow. Where yep. are you
1: falling at? Where are you falling at, list? Top 10? Top 10? Yeah, I'm in there. <laughs> I'm
3: definitely in there.
1: Got to be. Um, oh, definitely in there. Let's talk a little bit about Rice High School, man, um, and your career there. So let's
2: let's kind of why not you guide me through that? and You as a high school basketball player. Um, Rice Rice High School is it's closed now. They end up closing it down for whatever reason. Um, think How long ago coming. was that? It's been a few years now, man. It's been mm-hmm. a few years now. Um, Hold on a
3: now. All right.
2: That's my son. Yeah, that's my son. Asking what 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 workout to do. <laughs> Look at you being a being a sports dad during the interview. Right? Yeah, I mean he, he he's go, he's going to be really good. So like the biggest thing we're doing with him right now is trying to get him like bigger and stronger going into his sophomore year. Yeah. So now he can just be a little bit more dominant. But um, Rice High School uh, it's it been closed for a while. They've been closed mm-hmm. for a while. Um, I want to try to remember like who's like the last wave of players that came out of Rice. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a really long time. Um, so what, what was it yoga, like when you I went there? Now. It was it was it was a powerhouse. It was um, it was probably like the strongest team in the city, like pretty much the state of New York. Um, Mm -hmm. You had guys like before me, like guys like Felipe Lopez, Gary Saunders, Mm -hmm. um, Anthony Glover. I played with Anthony Glover. So when I got there, these guys, like, you know, the tradition that they had already set, guys like uh, Jerry McCullough that played at Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. Reggie Freeman that played at Texas. So it was so many great players that came out of Rice. It was just like an honor. To just, for even guys to just be a student in Rice, you know? It's a Catholic school, it's an old boys' school. Um, I was fortunate enough in, in my four years there to play with some really great players. Um, probably eight or nine Division one players in the time in my four years that we played there. Mm-hmm. Um, we won two state championships. Uh, we finished my senior year 25 and 1. I think we were number two in USA today, and we finished like number one in some other poll. Um, it was just, it was, it was, it, it was everything people said it was. It was a great school. I mean, great basketball tradition, and we're having so many great players and high level players in there. Like practice is, you're pretty much in a college environment.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I mean, the coach is teaching you stuff that when I got to Cincinnati, I didn't have. Uh, really, problem playing right away because a lot of stuff that hugs his techniques and things that you know he he liked to do. It was pretty much the same thing I did in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get don't get beat middle. You know, ball you man. The, the next yep. you know, like the, <laughs> like you know, just just the basics of basketball that a lot of these kids would be surprised that a lot of these high school coaches don't go over this stuff every day with these kids because sometimes. If you have a, a school like ours and you got all these high major division one players, you're thinking these guys will need to do this every day.
0: You know yep. what I mean? They should
2: know it. They should know it. But no question, we practice it every day. We ran the damn steps. We did the lock drills. Like we did everything at Rice High School that really prepared me for um,
1: for college. You know that's crazy you say that because I know during my time at UC it was funny when new guys would come in to UC. I'm like, man, these guys have no idea what they're in for. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of them just didn't understand. You know, you go to shell drill. I mean, you know, we would do shell drill. Yep.
3: <laughs>
1: half the damn practice, right, and there were yep. guys that had no concept of jump jumping to the ball, like yep. closing out.
3: Right, You're so you
2: your weak side, and, and we keep getting beat. Back. It's four and five. Why the fuck are you hugging them so far? Like <laughs> it's just like simple <laughs> stuff. And like you yeah. said, like, you know, I get to college and I'm like, what the fuck? This kid is a junior. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, how, like, no wonder you don't play. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, right. It just was, it, it was, it was weird though. But I, I was just really lucky since I can remember from 11 years old, like, I was really lucky. And I told my son that the other day and my daughter, like, I had really good coaches since I came up in basketball. Like, I didn't have a coach that taught me no bullshit. So I didn't have no bad habits as far as like defensively on where to be and things like that, and and knowing how to move the ball, and it, it just it's just a lot that some of these kids don't get taught at an early age,
1: for sure. And 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 you got you come in not only with the understanding and the IQ, but you also have the talent with that because there's so many people that come in with the talent but don't have the IQ part of it. So
2: I think that allowed you to like you said play right away. It's like Dude's got talent and IQ. That was that was again, that was coming from Rice. That was mm-hmm. me playing on teams at Rice and every year at the school like my role would, like would kind of change. You know, um so I played it kind of like a lot of different roles so I I knew how to be a teammate, you know what I mean? I went right like, being the third option to being the second option to being the first option. And now I go to college, and now I'm back to I'm the one distributing the ball. But I'm cool with it because I haven't played all these roles already. I'm, like, just being a part of like, just knowing the game. You know what I mean? The high IQ, like you said. Yep, no question. So going through, obviously,
1: tremendous high school career, I want to talk to you a little bit about the recruiting process that you went through. Um, who were some of the schools that were recruiting you, like, you know, a top three list, Um, and, and who recruited you to come to UC?
2: Um, a top three list. Well, my, my, um, I was in summer school, my, like the end of my junior, like going into my senior year, Mm
3: -hmm. like
2: that summer, I was in summer school and my, um, my high school coach Mo Hicks, he was, uh, he was teaching a class in summer school and, it was Friday. He was supposed to take me up to um, UConn on Saturday.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So on Friday, we was in the gym, and one of my teammates was in the gym, and I was just like, yeah, I'm about to go to UConn. Like, I'm like, on this on this visit, on this unofficial visit, I'm going to just commit and get this shit over with.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So everybody thought I was playing. And then, like, the next day, um, Coach's son got sick or something like that, so we didn't end up taking the trip. And then one of my friends – that I had played with in USA Basketball, I knew he was going to go there, Marcus Cox.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I knew Marcus was going because he's from Connecticut. And then uh, another one of my friends, Tony Ro- uh, Robinson, he ended up committing the weekend I was going to go up there because he wanted to take try to take the last scholarship. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was just like, you know, I I had pretty much had to, like, do the whole recruitment thing all over again, especially in my mind. Like, you know what I mean? I was really set to just go to UConn. hmm so when I did that, uh, it got it got crazy because Coach Huggs was recruiting me f- for a while, but I didn't really want to go to UC. I didn't want to go to no school in Ohio mm-hmm. because I I wasn't getting um, me and my dad, you know, didn't see eye to eye and things like that. I didn't grow up with my father, and my father was actually living in, in Toledo, Ohio.
3: Mm, so I didn't know this. Okay.
2: Yeah. So I didn't I didn't want to go to any school. Close to like to where he's at, so he's he's thinking that I'm trying to get close to him, and I didn't want him at my games and stuff like that. So That's I'm like, thing. I've never heard this. Yeah, so I told hugs like from the beginning, I'm not, I'm not interested. And I had told him that that was the reason why. But um, getting to that point, I end up I end up going to. It's crazy how I end up I end up going on a trip the end of the summer, like right before school started. So in the beginning of the summer, I was going to UConn. Towards the end of the summer, I end up, um, I'm talking to Pittsburgh, Clemson, and NC State a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's a trip that's about to happen that's going to, they're going to France. All the guys are down at, um, they're down in Georgia, at Georgia Tech, they're practicing. Um, they're about to go to, um, like on a little tour to France. A bunch of high school guys like about the rising seniors like myself and um and fuck it was two two guys that was gonna be incoming freshmen once the trip was over and two of the guys was one of them was Mike Miller and the other one was you would never believe who the other one was. Mm. Donald Little. <laughs> Donald Little. That's funny. So we um I'm talking to Pittsburgh, Heavy, because one of my friends, I'm pretty sure everybody know him, uh, Rodney White, played at UNC Charlotte.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Me
2: me and Rodney were supposed to go to Pitt. So somebody had got hurt when they were practicing in in um in Georgia before the trip. Mm-hmm. And the coaching staff at Pitt asked me if I would be interested on going to this trip to France to replace somebody that got hurt, I Think they sprained the ankle or something. And they were like, yo, it would be cool. You know, you and Rodney could be roommates. Um, you know, y'all can get like get to know each other, figure this thing out, go on that trip, come back. Like they were planning us going on this trip, coming back from this trip, being home for two days, going up to Pittsburgh, committing to Pittsburgh, and everything was over. So it's weird how it, happened. it kind of backfired on them, because when I got on the trip, I'm playing and I'm playing, I'm playing really well. I guess I'm playing as one of the better players on the team, and they wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. So. I had Bob Hill as the head coach. He started asking me about, like, recruitment because most of the guys on the team were going to big-time schools. You had guys going to, like, um, Florida, and it was, like, Jonathan Bender was on the team, Mike Miller, Matt Bonner, Brett, um, Brett Nelson. So those three was going to Florida. This kid was going to Mississippi State, but he ended up going pro. Uh, Mike Miller, Donald Little, Amari Sawyer, Rodney White. So a lot of these guys are, like, pros. So on that trip, I'm getting really close with Donald Little. Like, mm-hmm. I'm getting close to Donald. Donald. I'm thinking Donald's funny. Like, you know, Donald being Donald, man. Like, Donald's... <laughs> Donald is funny.
3: <laughs>
2: D being D, 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 right? So right. I'm, I'm getting close to him, and he's like, he like, yo, what school do you think about going to? And there was another guy on the trip named Marshy Williams. He was also thinking about Cincinnati. And me and him were playing against each other at, like, ABCD camp or whatever. So mm-hmm. he was like, yo, um, Coach Huggs told me that, you know, you don't want to mess with him because something, something, something. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, Huggs told me to tell you that, you know, you know how Hugs is with his – you know, the stadium is sold out to 2020. And if, if if I don't want him to have a ticket, he won't be in the stadium. So if that's the only reason I'm stopping you from, you know, letting him recruit you, like, that ain't a problem if, if that's the only reason. So I was like, all right. So on the trip, we had a guy, rest in peace, uh, Brett Burr. He was a friend of Coach Hugs. Mm-hmm. And on the whole trip, as we're playing, I'm playing better and better and better and better. And they start asking me about schools. And they like, yo, you need to start thinking about Cincinnati. And I'm like, why? They like the way you play, the, your style of play, the way you play, you like plus h- hugs, light guards, like you, like you know what I mean. You'll play right away. Mm-hmm. So I'm chilling with Donald down there every day, every day. I came back from France off that trip. I told my grandmother I was thinking about going to Cincinnati. She thought I was playing around
3: mm-hmm. because
2: it, it came back to like, where did they come from? Like you was talking about. Pittsburgh and Clemson and NC State, like, where does this come from? So I was just telling her. I was like, yeah, one of the guys on the trip, I got really close with him. He's only going to be a freshman. He's a, he a big man. You know I me, mean? I'll have a big man at the school. I, I know he could play. Um, People saying a lot of good things. And then she was like, I'm comfortable with you going there if that's where you want to go. So when I went to school the next day and I told my high school coach, like, Yo, I'm going to Cincinnati, he bugged out. <laughs> <laughs> he bugged out because it was it was just like where like and even all my friends and my teammates were like yo what the fuck like mm-hmm. where that come from and i was yeah. like yo they got the jordan gear you know what i mean yeah i'm like they got the i like they got the jordan gear and i'm like plus you know from me doing my little homework everybody on the team is going to pretty much be coming back I'm, like, I'm gonna have a chance to like win the state championship right now and being on the number one high school team in the country to going into school and probably winning the national championship with these dudes. No question. So my coach was like, man, I don't, I don't get it. That's too fast. So I was like, all right, best way I can explain it to you, coach, was he tells me the worst thing about me is I hate losing, right,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: how I react to losing. So I told him, I said, if I go to Pittsburgh, at the time Pittsburgh wasn't winning a lot of games. Like Montego Cummins with the point guard, they were they were good, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But some some years they might have been seventeen and fifteen and stuff like that. I don't know how well I will take a fifteen loss season. You know what I mean? Right. I never took that many. I didn't. I don't have fifteen losses in my whole high school career. So it was mm-hmm. like Clemson was rebuilding, and it was like I could go to these places and be the man. But I'm I'm accustomed to winning, so I'm I'm not about to mess with that. I'm, I'm about to go to Cincinnati. He wins twenty something games a year. Yep. Playing then I, I everything else you know the stuff they. He recruited with me but it was, you know, we on T V maybe twelve times a year and blah 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 and this that and the third and I'm like, you know what, you're right, I do see y'all niggas on sports every day. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I'm like, this just makes sense. I'm like the guys that he that he's having coming back, you know, you got Kenyon Martin coming back, you got Pete Mike Michael coming back, you got Ryan Fletcher there, you got Jermaine Tate there, like it was just, it just made sense, like now, next thing I was doing was seeing who else was coming in with me,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it was BJ was already committed before me. BJ yep. Grove, he was committed already before me. So I seen BJ play. I'm like, all right, big man, nice. I mean, BJ was a monster, man. Beautiful, beautiful touch around the basket. Soft hands, nice touch, good footwork. He just at see he just to me, he just struggled with his weight. For sure, like if he like he 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 really really had a nice game on him, soft on his feet, things like that. So I'm like, this kid, this kid's gonna be good. Then I go, we in Connecticut playing, and um, I know Marshall Williams was thinking about coming. He was the two guard, and I know they were recruiting him hard because he was talking to me every night about it. And then um, Coach Baker, Rod Baker was like come look at, he's like, come with me to the other court. I want you to look at this other kid that might come to Cincinnati. He's, he's probably going to come on a visit when you come. So I walked to the other court. The other kid on the other court was Leonard Stokes. Mm. Hmm. So I'm watching Leonard play. I'm watching Leonard play. So Leonard is playing against Sam Dallenberg. Went to Seton Hall, played in the NBA for a long time. Great shot blocker. Mm-hmm. Sam is blocking everything. I mean, blocking everything. Next thing you know, Leonard just, like, comes down the lane and, like, dunks on Sam so crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I definitely can fit in with him. You know what I mean? Like,
3: <laughs> he
2: he definitely fits in. Then after the game was over, me and Leonard started talking. And we kind of had, like, a lot in common. We kind of, like, knew a lot of different people, you know, neutral mm-hmm. people or whatever. So we kind of set our visit up to go to Cincy at the same time. And I was committed already. And Stokes ended up committing. So it was me... It was DJ, me, and then Stokes, and then Demar Johnson was the fourth piece. Hmm. It was hell of a it class. was weird how, how yeah it was weird how he he got into the class too though because he, he was he, yeah he was uh-huh. he was going straight to the NBA. I remember that. Yep. And it was it was said that he was probably going to go to the NBA after his junior year,
3: mm-hmm. so
2: like him going pro after his senior was like a no brainer. So we had – um, we played we played against DJ in an AAU game, and I played – I had, like, about 40 on him, on his team and all of that. <laughs> and they – at the time, at that particular time, all the guards that the team that he was on, all the guards were, like, ranked higher than me at that time. So that game was, like, one of the games where my, my coach was like, yo, you got all of them on one team at the same time, this is the best time to just catch all of them. So when the game was over, like, you know, DJ being the number one player in the class, he kind of, it was, it was it, but, you know, as everybody knows who DJ is now, it makes so much sense about, like, what he did when the game was over. He, him being the number one player in the class, you know, most of the time with high school kids, they're really cocky when they're number one, the guy in the class. Like, yeah. everybody tells you, you go to the NBA and this, that, like, you're probably the cockiest fuck ever. But we just played against them. I had a really good game. And he walks over to me and asks me my name, which which bugs me out. And I kind of, like, you know, being from New York, I'm like, you know, fuck, you ask me what my name is for, man. Mm.
3: <laughs> so
2: he's like, are you Majestic Matt? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, why you ask? And he's like, no, nah, because I know Majestic Matt is ranked really high, and I know he's on the team. I've never seen who he was before. And he was like, you played, like, as a top-level player, so I thought you was Majestic. And I was like, nah, I'm Kenny Satterfield. And he was like, ah, oh, right. you know me. He was like, yo, you nice, whatever, whatever. And me and him just got kind of cool. And then at ABCD camp, I was like one of the top players at ABCD camp. And as our high school season was going on, DeMar started thinking about going to college. And out of nowhere, Coach Hugs called me and was like, yo, you need to speak to DeMar Johnson. And I'm thinking he's playing around. And I'm like, speak to DeMar Johnson for what? Mm-hmm. He like he want he he told me he wants to play with you in college, so I'm thinking you know hug, you know sometimes hugs a joke you know what I mean if anybody right. knows like he'll, he'll yep try to pull a nice will think it's funny on you you know <laughs> and yep. I'm like this to me this don't make no sense
3: like mm-hmm.
2: I'm like whatever so he gives me Demar's number to his um to the prep school that he's at he's at MCI so I'm like I'm not calling this guy man. Like, after I hung up, I told Coach I was going to call him. When I hung up, I'm like, I'm not calling this guy. And at the time, you know, it's, it's long distance. I'm not getting my grandmother's phone bill all up. Like, I'm like, I'm not calling this guy.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: a few days later, I came home from school, and my grandmother was like, yo, somebody named DeMar Johnson called here for you. He left um, a number. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I, I call. Like, it just was weird. So I, I called him back. And he's living in a dorm, so it was like I guess like the payphone in the dorm or whatever, or whatever mm-hmm. the phone was. So his head coach pick up and it's crazy, it was um Max Good was his head coach. He ended up coaching at on um, UNLV and things like that. Mhm. So he's like, Hey, Kenny, he just starts having a long conversation with me. And I'm like, you know, talking to me. He's like, you know, Demar's really thinking about going to school. And I'm like, Where the fuck is this coming from though?
3: hmm
2: So soon as DJ get on the phone, he was like, Yo, man, what's up? I'm like, What's up? He was like, "Yo, man, you mind if I come to Cincinnati with you?" I was like, "What?" I'm like, "You serious?" He was like, "Yeah. If I don't go pro, I'm gonna come. To, I'm probably gonna come to Cincinnati. It, um, it's either UConn or Cincinnati." But he was like, "Nobody really know yet, but I'm, I'm probably gonna go to Cincinnati." So I'm like, "Why?" He was like, "Yeah, I played against you. I like how you play. I think me and you will fit together." La la. la. So I'm like, "This is crazy." So I called Coach Huggs back. and Was like, "Yo, you you was right. He really thinking about coming to Cincy. Mhm, and he end up coming. Crazy, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. Now, let me let me ask you this: um, How much? And you being in New York City, um, how much did you really know about the Bearcats?
3: A um, lot.
2: You knew a lot about them just from seeing them on TV. i like, I did like a few interviews like on on Instagram Live the other day, and it it kind of got to that point. Like, I was just I'm really fortunate, like with my the way basketball went with me from the beginning
3: mm-hmm.
2: and like where I kind of grew up at, yeah, it's a rough neighborhood and things like that. But when you look past things like that, like I always did, it was a lot of greatness around me and I was able to see a lot of things. So I'm growing up in a neighborhood where I got older guys like Reggie Freeman that when I walk out and I go down to the to the court, to the gym, he's in there working out. And I'm like, I just seen this guy on TV the other day playing at Texas. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Terrence Renscher, and you look, and Rod Strickland is shooting around, and Mark Jackson is right there. And it was more like things I'm seeing on TV, I'm seeing every day. So it was like really not – for me to want to be a great basketball player it wasn't like I was dreaming. I was, mm-hmm. seeing great, I was seeing great basketball players all around me. Even from the guys around my neighborhood when these guys were in college, I was watching all the best high school players was coming from my neighborhood.
3: Mm-hmm. So –
2: I always watched a lot of college basketball in Cincinnati. But my grandmother, is she's in the sport. So when we started talking about Cincinnati, she's bringing up Oscar Robinson and this guy and that guy. And I'm like,
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: so I always had a great history of the game because my uncles and my grandmother and the older guys around the neighborhood, they always pretty much passed the torch. But I seen guys, like, with my own eyes, and I I, I watched them. And I watched them on TV, so it was like I knew a lot about Cincy: wow. Melvin Leavitt, Ruben Patterson, Danny Fortson, um Bobby Brandon. Yep. Uh Mike Horton, Sean Matt, like, so like, I I I knew it like, and it was it was weird because they just was always on TV.
3: Yep. They just yep. was
2: always on TV. It's like, and I I watched. I come home from school after practice, and I come from the gym. I come in the house, if I miss the games that was on TV, I watch SportsCenter, if the highlights come on, whatever. But most of the time, if I caught the game, I watched the whole game. Mm-hmm. I watched the whole game. And I knew a lot about a lot of teams, like not just Cincinnati, but in general with college basketball. Now,
1: now, how much did or at any point was the Jordan brand um, used to recruit you? How much did they talk about that? Uh,
2: it was – it was different for, like they can do that to other recruits. But it it was diff it was different for me. Like with all schools. Like you can't you're not gonna get me with the, the gear you got. Like you know what I mean? Mhm. Like I'm coming from pretty much the number one high school in the country. Like our 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 high school uniforms are better than some college uniforms. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like I got over a hundred and some pair of sneakers in my house already in high school. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? Right. Yeah I'm yeah. playing for Adidas team AAU and I got all type of different type of Adidas but my high school was Nike and I'm one of the top players in the country. I got all I'm like so this the the Jordan stuff didn't really mean nothing until I got there. And yeah. when you when you get there, they still don't really mean nothing. It just you really just look a lot better than everybody else. Right. And that's right. when you start noticing it when you get to college and other people comment on what what you guys got. Oh for sure. We That's when get... you know, like, oh, okay.
3: <laughs>
1: for sure. We we got that in the game. I remember we played we played Rhode Island and Patino Mowgli said something to us like, Man, you guys got the freshest gear during the game. Like mm-hmm. a close game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we knew we knew it was it was just yep. different.
2: You and, know and then... so, we we came off, of our one game, we came out and we had on, I forgot what we had on. They gave us like some kind of like travel sneakers, but they were on, they were like retro Jordans or whatever that didn't come out of yet or whatever. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: dudes was like, yo, like, y'all got those already? And I'm like thinking to myself, like, y'all don't, y'all don't get these? <laughs> you know, but like playing around, but then noticing like, damn, like a lot of people don't get as much as we get.
1: Yeah. No for sure, now, now, I want you to clear this up now, I've always heard this rumor and I don't know it to be true and I'd like for you to clear it up and other people have heard this. Is it true when you came to u c okay that you came in wearing a fur coat? <laughs> there was a <laughs> room there was a rumor that you showed up. I'm telling you the news the, the news was there. To like interview you and you had on like a fur coat and somebody was <laughs> like man that is so new
2: york is that true nah, that is not true
3: okay that is not I, true Cause I, pro-
2: new- I, I probably could have had a, a coat with a um maybe like a woolridge coat with a fur on it like with, like on the okay. hood part but like hell no no <laughs> somebody said you had a fulling fur coat on no. i said man now that- it, it, <laughs> If you would have said that was DJ, I would have probably been like that could be true. Yeah, it could be sweater. You know he would have. Oh, that could be true. Uh, but nah nah. That's not true. That's okay. not true
1: at all. I have always heard that, man. I've always wanted to ask you that. So so when you get to UC, you pick number eleven. Um, is that a number that you've always worn and why number
2: eleven? Um I, I wore I wore it my senior year in high school. And it, was, I, I really kind of wore. I don't know why I kind of wore my senior year because I wore fifteen, mm-hmm. um, like like pretty much my my sophomore and junior year. I wore fifteen. My freshman, year, I don't know what I wore. Like whatever uniforms they passed out, I wore my freshman year. Uh huh. But um, my sophomore and junior year, I wore fifteen. I really didn't get a chance to pick what number I wanted, like in high school, until like my senior year, and um. 11 just came to me. Like it just came to me. Um and then after a while, when I got it's funny when I got to Cincinnati, I didn't take 11 at first. I was I was going to take like a crazy number. I was going to take 55. Mm. And this- my high <laughs> I like my high I was going to take 55. I was going to do like a double zero like I was going to do something crazy and my high school coach was like, "No." He was like, "No. Keep 11." 11 fits you. Keep 11. Mm-hmm. 11 fits you. And mm-hmm. I was like, nah, I want to do something crazy. I want to do something that stands out. Like, and he was like, yo, you're going to stand out enough, man. 11 fits you. Yep. And then as I got older and, you know, just keeping 11, keeping 11 all the time, 11 all the time, it, it got kind of weird that I never looked at it that way. But then I started seeing 11 all the time in myself. Like I have 11 letters in my last name. Mhm. Um, the first apartment I ever lived in, I lived on the eleventh floor. Mhm. So it was like a lot of things was just making sense about eleven. I always one of the first basketball players I liked was Isaiah Thomas. Mhm. So it, it was like eleven me. Yep. And then that's it. Case had eleven. Cra- crazy how that works. I always find it fascinating why
1: players pick the number they pick. And, yep. and like and for you, like after eleven became kinda of your brand, you see it everywhere. And the same mm-hmm. thing kinda of happened to me. Like I wore number forty one. And mm-hmm. the crazy thing is, <clears throat> this really happened to me. One of the places that I go to, they have a parking garage and the first time I ever had to go to this place and I had to go to it every Friday, the first time I go the parking garage is full. There's one spot open. I pull in spot 41. number 41. And every
2: every time I come in Friday, I got to park in 41.
1: It's just weird stuff like that works yep. out,
3: right?
2: Yep. And then as my, as my daughter started playing, it was, that's the, I came, I was playing overseas and I came back and every game I went to, it was weird. She always had number 11. Mm. And it was really kind of weird because she was, one of the bigger kids on the team all the time. And usually, you know, when you're the bigger kid, you don't usually get to get a guard's number, you know? Right. And I was like, how do you get 11 every time? And she was like, that's our number. And I was like, you know what?
3: <laughs> damn right. <laughs> <laughs> and, it,
2: you know, it's, it's funny because, like I said, I didn't get a chance to wear it my um, my freshman year, I might have wore every damn number my freshman year. <laughs> For real, man. Like, But when I when I got on the varsity team, like, full-time my sophomore year, and we was more like, you know, we were sponsored and, and things like that. We didn't have all the hand-me-down and mismatch uniforms.
3: Mm-hmm. So I
2: had 15 when I first got a the team. He just gave me 15. And it's funny, 15 is really famous at Rice, though, because uh, Kimba Walker. Kimba, yeah, Kimba. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Kimba's another Bronx guy that, that's really famous.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. And Milwaukee. Well, let's but, hey, let's
1: jump into your let's jump into your first year um, with the Bearcats, nineteen ninety nine and two thousand. You mentioned some of the guys you played with earlier, obviously Kenyonaire, DeMar, Pete Michael, uh Steve Logan, Lenny Stokes, and plenty more guys. Um in, in that season that you get there, with the guys that are returning, plus the new guys coming in, the expectations for this basketball team, Kenny, are through the roof. Like everyone's, like this is this is the team right here. This is the team. Did you feel when you when you really started to get into it, um, practices and just you know the media? Did you start to feel the hype and expectations for this basketball team?
2: Um, you know, like you know what, Go, like when we when we got there. Like coming in, like when me and DJ first got there and got to campus, kind of, kind of seen it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it was, a, it was a lot of um, requests for me and him to do a lot of interviews. Um, DJ took that, did that famous picture with him next to the statue, next to the poster. It was like you know two McDonald All Americans coming in at the same time, mm-hmm. um, with two guys that are predicted to be college All Americans this season. And mm-hmm. it, it just was. It was. It was. They were coming off a hot year, also. Yep. They were coming yep. off a hot year, also. They just beat Duke. Um, think you guys lost to Temple and and I don't know what what was that the Sweet Sixteen or something like that. Yeah. Well, we, if we'd have won that, we would have. Uh, yeah, yeah, they went to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, so it it was, it was um, I don't, it it was it was a lot, but at the same time, Kenyon and Pete also brought in a lot of the the hype because both of them had just played on the USA basketball team. That's right. Yep. And um, it kind of it kind of got funny right after that because going in as a, as a recruit, um, Pete was the man, mm-hmm. and a lot of things was ran for Pete that junior year. Yep. And when they came back from USA basketball and we all was on campus, and we were playing open gym all the time, you could kind of see that it was going to change. Yep. And that was a big problem for us.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That was a big problem early for us. But it wasn't a bad problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It 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 was, you better be sharp every day in fucking practice. <laughs> you better be sharp. Because it's so many guys here in... These guys like to talk.
3: hmm
2: Like this these are not quiet practices. So if if somebody is chewing your ass, <laughs> like somebody gonna be screaming out, Kenyon's gonna be screaming it out. Pete gonna be yep. screaming it out. Tate gonna be screaming. Fletch is gonna like Steve Logan like to talk a lot of shit. Like, you know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say something like Donald don't shut the fuck up. So it's like
3: <laughs>
2: you know, it's so many guys, man, it's like you know, BJ scored one time on you. He, th- he thinks he got thirty. So it's like
3: you—you <laughs> you <laughs> better
2: be sharp, man. Because one one play, one bad play, could turn into like ten bad plays in a row. Yep. Because it becomes a mental thing after that. Like now, you—this guy—he's saying something to you. Hugs is fucking giving you the look. Now he's yelling at you. Mick is on your ass. Cause Baker's is looking at you crazy, shaking, like just shaking his head. Welcome. Yep, I, I know, I know that, I know that love. Just, sh- just shake, just put his head down and shake his head. I'm like, I'm like, it, it started getting bad in there, man. But it it started it started changing when they came back from USA Basketball,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: it changed an open gym as before the season started. As we were playing, you could kind of see like how Kenyon kind of started like dominating, and You've seen him kind of becoming the leader of the team.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. And you you've seen Pete kind of letting off it a little bit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like kind of, oh, you want to take the road Get ahead? Mm-hmm. Like I, I I can I'll lay back. I'll I'll say my piece. I need to say my piece, but you you just kind of like just he just he took over. He took mm-hmm. over. He pretty much and he and it's funny because. I didn't come to Cincinnati to play like that. Mm. You know what I mean?
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: it it changed everything for me. It was like we wasn't supposed to be throwing that ball down low like that. Yeah, kind of more of a fast-paced push. Yeah, but at the same time, just the way the game is and you being a very small basketball player and myself having a high IQ, this is how we're going to win. Like if, if we didn't have court and this kid is this dominant, then we just give him the ball. Yep. But if we get a chance to run, he's not stopping us from running.
1: Let me ask you this. So with all that being said, for you, and obviously you said coming from Rice where, you know, great coaching, um, you know, you've seen a lot, high basketball IQ, how was the first part of the, the practices with the Bearcats and Coach Huggins, like just a totally, obviously being at another level in college from high school, what was it like those first couple
2: practices with Bob Huggins for you? Um, fit, fit, physically,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, it it wasn't bad. Like uh, after the first week, I did my body was sore and things like that. But mm-hmm. coming from right, like we we worked a lot in high school, so yeah. I, I didn't I didn't mind just being in the gym. Like I don't. Whatever we're, we're, I don't mind running. I can run. I actually kind of enjoy running. So because I want to, in my mind, I would just psych myself out. If we were doing some running, i would just put in my head, "Well, we're gonna be running in transition anyway, so we might as well run now." Mm-hmm. And just certain things, but physically, it was it was way more demanding than high school. Mm-hmm. I would put it that way. Um, mentally is the part I had to make an adjustment too fast. Okay, dive into that a little bit. Um, I had a bunch. Like I said, I had a bunch of great coaches. I didn't have coaches that reacted like Hugs did for everything. Mm-hmm. Like I really had to fuck up badly before I got chewed out. Like he would chew you out just for a missed free throw. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know you what I mean?
2: Yeah, oh yeah. So I had to really make an adjustment fast, but it wasn't a hard adjustment and that, that was because of guys on the team, like having that veteran, that veteran team, yeah. having guys that went through that mental aspect of, of the game with him already and helping me out, skipping that part. Like there's no need for you to even go through that when I already went through that look. He right. going to do this, He going to do that. Don't even say nothing. to him. Don't pay him no mind. Like,
3: mm-hmm. that
2: was one thing that was great for me at Cincinnati my freshman year, having Kenyon, having Pete, having Jermaine Tate, like, having Fletch, like, having a lot of guys that went through it all the way with him and just mm-hmm. as hard as to say something, you know, after the finished, one of them like, I don't worry about that. That's some bullshit anyway. Just pick your head up, man. Don't let him get Ready. you. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, you know what? Fuck him. You know, you're right. <laughs> and then, you know, but it was more of a team thing. Like, you know, like, pick my head up. Like, you know, you're the point guard. Like, if you point your head down, I'll be like, run the play. Run it again. Get it right. Don't worry about him. Mm-hmm. And it was like, after a while, I just, I just didn't pay him no mind no more. You yep. know, just like, he's going to do that. Right. He's going to yell. He's going to scream. Like, all right, of course we're going to react sometimes. That's just natural. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the time, it was just like, let him have his way.
1: And I felt I felt like, Kenny, I felt, and correct me if I'm wrong, but th- this is from me looking in, coming to practices, coming to games. So I really felt like Kenyon put his arms around you. Yeah.
3: Don't you feel? Big I mean, time. Th- Big
2: yeah.
1: Time. I, I'm, I always saw, at practice, I always saw him talking to you. Big time. Grabbing your Big head. Time. Yeah.
2: Big time. And, and and I always tell people, I'm like, a lot of kids go to school now, and, you know, somebody asked me, hey, you know, can you can you you know give this kid some advice? And I'm like, yo, it's it's hard to tell a kid like give a kid advice in college now because you're walking into a different type of campus,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: times are so different. Like right? a lot of these kids are not sure about themselves.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: you not know who you are, and then you go into a campus to try to figure out you know going into this next stage of your life, and you get onto a campus, and you don't have, like a, a older guy there that been through everything to just tell you, no, know, don't worry about that. Calm down. That's not important. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not that big. Don't worry about that. Yep. Because yep. it's the experience. And not saying that everybody needs to stay in school for years, but just to have a few guys on the team, maybe upperclassmen, two or three of them, but they got to, even with them, being, they got to be the right guy. Like, just because mm-hmm. you're an upperclassman, don't mean that, that you're going to, you know, you have the leadership skills. Right. True. True. Just because somebody's been there four years doesn't mean yeah, they're it, a exactly. and, and people get that confused. Oh, yep. you, you stay in four years, he would have been a leader. That doesn't make him a leader. Correct. I agree. That doesn't make him a leader. And it was just, like you said, it was things right away that I noticed with my personal self as a player on that team, like how people had, they just took me in. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? From yep. from Kenyan. To Jermaine Tate. I remember like Tate doing it a lot. 'Cause I used to get mm-hmm. I used to get yelled at by Hugs a lot for throwing Tate the ball.
3: <laughs>
2: I swear. I used to get yelled at a lot for throwing Tate the ball. And mm-hmm. he always would he always would like, you know, Hugs teaching me the game and, and helping my IQ grow. He would explain to me I can't throw Tate the same pass, so I can throw Kenyon all the time. Right, without a doubt. But me yep. me me having you know, me being the point guard and me being the teammate I am, I got the ultimate confidence that, that Tate can catch this. Right. Mhm. You know? But now after three, four times in practice, I gotta tell Tate, I can't throw that to you no more. <laughs> <laughs> you about to drop it. I can't like I can't throw it to you no more. Like you know, you're, you're done, even if you didn't even if you didn't drop it, you probably didn't catch it clean enough to complete the play. Yep. So it become a broken play. So now it looks like, uh oh. Uh, so I'm like, all right, I get it now, I see what you're saying. He has to be mm-hmm. clean. It was yep. teaching me the game. Yep. Teaching me the game.
1: Let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, some particular games this season. Uh, guys finished 29-4, 16-0 in league play. You're going on an eight-game winning streak to start the season, um, at one point beating North Carolina, but then the first loss was um, at Xavier, <clears throat> lost by two points. Um, for you coming in, I'm sure you understood the magnitude of the Crosstown shootout. No, um, I
2: didn't. You, you, but I mean, you you knew about it. You, you, you I knew you knew, I knew about it but I knew that, you know, and then being being on campus and being a student on, and, you know in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. crossing paths with, you know, students every day from Xavier too, like just in everyday life, from going to the mall and things like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that these were two schools that we play each other every year.
3: Mhm.
2: I didn't know it was like that. Different, different level. And, and I mean, shit.
1: Uh, Zager has Darnell Williams, who you know from from
2: back in New York. Mm-hmm. Right. But the um, it is like this basketball thing with me. Like I said, it is just crazy how even when I speak to people about, like you know, pretty much the journey of it, of how like you know people cross paths because not only was it um, Donald Williams? I was real close to Lloyd Price. Mm, I was mm-hmm. close to Lionel. I was ready. I was cool with Lionel Chalmers already because him and Stokes were AAU teammates.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I knew Dave West already from like you know AAU basketball, like you know. So it was like it was weird because I never had any hatred or dislike towards those guys, and they were as they and they never had it towards me. But when I would get around them and be around their teammates, I would be like, Yo, hold up, like,
3: <laughs> like,
2: like, yo, like, you need to, you need to talk to your man. So I have to like do something to him. Man. Like, I, would, I, would, I would feel it, like you know. And I would mm-hmm. like you know, they would invite me over to the campus, like, to, you know, to play open gym. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would feel it, like. But me being me, I loved it. I mm-hmm. loved it. I, I like, anytime I got open gym, let me know when y'all playing again. I love coming over here destroying y'all. Why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why not like right i just enjoyed it man but um
3: that
2: that was weird though that was weird because i knew guys already that was that xavier like knowing darnell mm-hmm. you know and he he you know you know he since he's able to play you know like he it didn't get into like how the magnitude of the city is crazy not just the mm-hmm. team like not just the two schools like the whole city is crazy about that rival no question no question. And that atmosphere, man,
1: at Xavier for, for for Bearcats is just crazy, man. Always. Crazy. It
2: was. It was so. One of the things I remember about that game, pretty much everything. It was so crazy before everything started. Like you know, we get to the game super early, mm-hmm. so you know. There's only one basket. The other team is going to be shooting on the other end. I'm trying to get out there as fast as possible to get some shots up, warm up. By the time me and DJ done got dressed so fast and ran out there, this shit is packed. <laughs> this shit is packed. I'm like, yo, it's like a, like another hour and a half or maybe two hours before the game starts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and it seemed like they only like students in. It didn't seem like any, like, it was just the students there just to fuck with us while we were shooting around.
3: I was like, (laughs) this
2: is, I was but me and DJ shooting, and and I'm like, yo, I can't wait to play now. Like, this is going to be crazy. Like, I Mm -hmm. love environments like that. I love big games. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. It was, was, whoa. We were the number one team in the country, too. It was, whoa. Yep. Whoa.
1: Was and and the other thing too about the crosstown shootout, for some reason it always kinda it affects the Bearcats as far as, you know, the next part of the schedule. So when we play Xavier, whatever happens that game in, in some years it really affects the next couple games. And for you guys, losing at Xavier, something clicks because you go on and win sixteen games. Yeah.
2: Um we we shouldn't have lost that game.
3: Mhm. No we shouldn't have lost
2: that we shouldn't lost that game. Um I don't really think we ever really got into our game. Mhm. Like you know like I don't think we played our game that game. Um it was pretty much more they pace. Mhm. Uh it it just, it just was it, it it was one of those games that we we won those type of games before though we we'll win those grinded out games like those ain't mm-hmm. no problem either like we don't have to always beat you by twenty or thirty we'll grind it out with you we'll we'll get the offensive rebound we'll do whatever we need to do to win games it just was something about like the energy in that gym like guys on that team that don't usually make a shot making a shot like
3: yeah. mm-hmm.
2: it it just like it just that rival like you know how that go it could be anybody on that team could be a hero that day. No question about but it. But after that game was over, um, we right after that game, I think we left to think we go to Vegas. I think, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, is it? Ah, uh, I can't.
1: I can't remember who you guys played right after that.
2: I know. I know. I think we went to. I don't know if we played UNLV right away, but I know we went to Vegas, and I know we played like um. Or we went somewhere. I don't know if it was who we played next, but it was like.
1: Oh, are you talking about um, you guys played Oklahoma the next game? You played at Oklahoma. They were like top twenty five that year. And put it Not on home. them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We 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 <laughs> we got to Oklahoma. I think Donald got sent home from Oklahoma. That's a <laughs> <laughs> around I remember that. Um <laughs> Because Oklahoma was kind of weird, like the way you kind of like walk down that little that the alley to the court, mm-hmm. like it was it was like real old shit like that. So, mm-hmm. but it was it was after that, we were just focused. It was like we let that game loot like go, and it was like I don't know if it was we didn't practice well enough, but after that everything was sharp. Mm-hmm. Everything, I don't even think guys were talking in practice after that. Like everything was sharp.
1: Yep. Yep. Get that focus back, but I mean you guys were on a uh, let's see, I said a 16 game winning streak, um then lost at home versus uh Temple. Uh that was who's was that? Pepe Sanchez was on that squad. They Mark Karcher, um yep.
2: Kevin Kevin Live. Yep. Uh um what's my guy's name, man? Lynn Greer. Yep. Yep. Um, they were too tough. They 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 had um Lamont Bonds I think his name was, big guy. Mhm. Um they, they 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 were they were solid. They were yeah. solid. they I no mean question. they they were they they were right up there that year. To me it was and even like having conversations with Hug as the season was going on and just stopping at his office. It was a few teams that was built like us. Mhm. And we played different, but in the magnitude of the team, like having the experience, having everything at every position, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It was us, like, in his eyes, it was like we we could win it, Temple could win it, or Michigan State could win it. Mm, yep. And Michigan State ended up winning it. Yep.
1: Yep. And, and going into, I mean, in, in, you guys only lost two games the entire regular season. Like I said, the Xavier and uh, Temple game. But going into the Conference USA tournament, what was your what was your mindset going into that? Obviously playing St. Louis, who is a team you guys definitely should beat. Um, but you know you're at the by the way the pyramid. What a bizarre like facility that was. Like they'll, yeah, there'll never that, be anything like that place ever again. It was it was a real life pyramid. <laughs> like
2: what that? The fuck yeah, that be? that place is crazy too. What but is? that 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 game, that St. Louis game, going into the conference, we we were straight, we were ready, we were rolling. We just finished up the last conference game, we were rolling. We had some really good practices going in. Hey, hey, we got smacked St. Louis. The last yeah, right game right the, the last game. We were, and it's funny because we I remember playing St. Louis. I think that game, and a lot of guys were slipping on the floor at home. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they had said somebody had waxed the floor right before the game or something like that. It was crazy, but um, we were rolling. We had some really good practices, and only thing that we wasn't really focused on conference USA championship.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We were focused on like the NCAA championship, so we know we were still playing it one game at a time.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: we wasn't looking ahead. We were just day at a time, and that game just came. It just it just took it just took I don't I don't know a lot of guys, a lot of guys couldn't recover seeing that, mm-hmm. especially in game and it happened in the first half of the game. Right. Did you know
1: when he went down? Did you were you like? Because a lot of people were like, "Oh, he just hurt his ankle; he'll be back." Um, did you when you saw? Were you like, "Oh," No. Nah, when gone. I when
2: I walked when I walked over there towards him and Kenyon being who Kenyan is. Mhm. Uh-huh. And he had he had like a look on his face and he he, he he like had that like fuck like and you know probably shed a tear too. But just the look on his face, I was like he's fucking hurt, man. Yeah. I was like he's fucking hurt. Like and this is not no hurt where maybe like, he just ain't coming back today. You know what I'm saying? Mhm. Uh-huh. We went into the locker room at halftime, and um, I remember, remember like yesterday, his, his sneaker was right there. The and I remember,
3: pops. I remember
2: mm-hmm. how how they cut the laces on his shoe, and then that's when I kind of I kind of started tearing up because um, I had broke my leg when I was young, mm-hmm. and I remember when they had to take my shoe off, how they took my shoe. So I knew mm-hmm. something was broke on him. I was like, "Fuck." Uh. Oh, uh, and, and how much did that affect you
1: the rest of that game?
2: I was, I was like, I've seen how a lot of the guys was, I was down. But I, I was trying to, I was trying to be like, you know, like the leader.
3: Mm-hmm. And like, yo,
2: I think I probably had a really good game that game too.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I was like, yo, like, 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 let's like, like, let's win this for him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's. Right. Let's go, let's go. Like, it, like the energy was bad though, man. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Like, I remember.
2: E- like, like even as they went on and the run, then we had like we got back up. How you need to get up, like going into the timeout. It wasn't even like yeah, like ah. Like, oh, it was like guys just sitting there. Like mm-hmm. even with coach though, like coach was out of it. That
1: was that was gonna be my next question for you. What
2: was hugs like? What was he like he was, he was He was trying to be strong. But you know, anybody that plays on a Bob Huggins team knows how Coach Huggins is he you know, Coach does have weak moments, if anybody doesn't know that. Yep. So, you know, if you're around him long enough you'll see him break. But um he was acting strong, talk he was talking his talk, you know what I'm saying? Mhm. But uh he wasn't walking his walk. Yeah. You know, yep. he, everything that was coming out of his mouth was the right thing to motivate us, but his body language, his mood It just was one of those, like, he was really concerned for Kenyon, as we all were. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Um, Now, you guys go on to lose that game, Um, You come back to Cincinnati. Obviously, you have to get ready for the NCAA tournament. And I really personally felt like when everyone found out Kenyon's finished uh, for the rest of the season, I felt like a lot of the fan base in the city just kind of gave up. Did you guys
3: feel that? Mm-hmm. Us,
2: us personally, like on the team. Mm-hmm. I don't know how other guys felt. Like I wasn't really like too concerned with like like our fans and our following, our backing. Like like I wasn't concerned with like who who cares if we we want to lose. I was more like how our team is, like
3: mm-hmm.
2: how much we care about winning, how much we want, like what our goal was, what we wanted to do as a team, and right the path that we were on. So it was like can down. But like I said, if you get back to the beginning, when I said Pete supposed to be the man. Yep. So it's yep. like, yo, bro, you was just up for player of the year the year before. Demar Johnson's a, a top five pick. Kenny Salifon was All American. Ryan Fletcher has great experience. Jermaine Tate is—he's is, not Kenyon Martin, but he's no fucking slouch. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like Steve Lowe, Like we're we're good. Mm-hmm. Like we're really really good. Like and, and we 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 had some great. That's when we changed, though, and we started playing a fast, a little – we played fast, but uh-huh. we stopped. We, we didn't have to worry about throwing the ball down low anymore.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Oh, my God. Like, we had some really good practices before the NCAA tournament, uh-huh. and we were confident. And things just changed, like, like, as soon as we got to Tennessee, things just changed.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Like, hugs mode changed. Um the energy of the team wasn't right because it was, like, it was other agendas on the team and other things going on. I guess Holmes was having different kind of conversations with everybody. I think even for a minute, I think Steve had left the team for, like, a, a night or two or something like that. It, it was crazy.
1: Wow. So there was a lot of turmoil going into that NCAA tournament games.
2: But but it didn't start until we got to Tennessee. Mm. We were fine. It just, like, you know how you go? We go for lunch or something like that, or walk through.
3: Mhm. Yep.
2: It started at the walk through. Mm. It started at the walk. I remember it started at the walk through. It started at the walk through. Then we went to go shoot around. Then we had a meeting that night, and um, I think Jermaine missed. I think Tate missed the meeting, and we you know Hugs was Hugs was on one of his Hugs type of nights, <laughs> and he was expressing himself like you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. Uh, Ryan Fletcher, being the senior, he was. I guess he was having one of his type of nights. He started expressing himself. So it just it just was like, yo, come on, man. Like mm. we playing tomorrow, right?
1: So at at, at that point, where you like, we're in trouble.
2: I still didn't believe we was in trouble. Mm. We got too much talent. Like like oh, these type no of problems. Question. These type of problems we have. I'm thinking we we do this all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're having an argument with Hugs, so what? Like, once the game starts, people are journaling, going to be going, and, and we're good. Like, mm-hmm. this, let's just play this game. But it, it just was – It was guys were kind of, like, checking out, man. And, and,
1: and so, obviously, you guys beat UNC Wilmington and played Tulsa. So, that, that Tulsa game, what – in your in your opinion, what happened? And, they, and listen, and I tell people all the time,
2: Tulsa that made was a good Bill- team. They were a good team, but that made Bill Self's career. Mhm. Um. They started. They started pressing us. We had we had full control of the game. I think like the last at like the eight minute mark or seven minute mark, sometime in the second half, we probably was up like seven or eight.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And next thing you know, we had like maybe three or four turnovers in a row, and the momentum just swung like crazy. Mm-hmm. And we we never got it back. We never. I remember. I think Donald run the ball up a few times. Oh boy, we never got it back. Mm. Uh, it, it was it was that was it. Like I said, that was just a weird weekend. Like coach was. I don't even know if a lot of guys remember it. Like I remember it though. Like coach mm-hmm. was getting on everybody's ass, man. Like he told me, like don't say shit to him during the game, and um. Stop questioning why I come out the game. You know, like this. this I was just like this guy, just having one of his moments, like just being hugged.
3: Yeah. But then, but then
2: <laughs> we're in the game, and they're pressing us, and they tried to press us in the first half with the same press, and we had I, I just I kind of beat it by myself. I'm sitting on the bench,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm just watching us throw the game away, throw the game away, and then he finally looks over there and goes, "I didn't even know you're fucking sitting here." Oh wow! I go back in the game, but by then momentum kind of swung, and it was kind of like I get back in, I get the ball. They're pressing, like they throw two at you right away. Like guys didn't have that confidence, like to come to the come back to the ball and let you just go. Mm-hmm. Like all right, once once we move to the next guy, we go. Mm-hmm. It just it, the game just swung, but even with that, it was it was a lot. Even with that game. Like, I think they were having a situation if, if Kenyon was going to be able to sit on the bench or not. It was all type of shit. Mm.
1: So let me, let me ask you the, the million-dollar question. I've got my answer for this. But if Kenyon doesn't get hurt, you guys win it all?
2: There's no question. Absolutely there's no, there's, no there's, I mean, there's, there's – I don't, I don't even, like – it's funny because I got – we got a lot of friends that play on Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And they talk about it. Yep. They talk about it. Like, we ain't going to lie, man. That's the game we want, man. We wanted that game. Mm -hmm. Why would you want that game? (laughs) Why would you want that game? And the only reason why you want that game is because if you're as good as you say you are, you watch another team that's pretty much looking like you and doing things to everybody that you do to everybody is like, I I want that matchup. And we, we wanted it, too. I ain't going to lie. We was mm-hmm. yep. thirsty for that matchup.
1: Well, And and I tell you, I think, and I've always said this, I, I think we win it all that year. Kenyon doesn't get hurt. I think we beat Michigan State in a large part because <clears throat> Michigan State prides themselves on rebounding. And I think... And, and, no and hugs
2: was on that. Hugs was on that all. I remember, like, just going in his office and he's sitting in there. And he's looking at like this is even before guys was even into the stats like that. Mm-hmm. He's looking at the offensive rebounds in the last five years, only us in Michigan State and blah blah yep. blah. And it was like like you say it was so much about we're pretty we're so similar in numbers when it comes to the stuff that these guys feel win games.
3: Yep.
1: Yep. And I, I think I think we out rebound them just because our athleticism was better than theirs. And I think that would take over.
2: Not only do we, we not only do we out rebound them, like it. it, it uh, I think that game would have got nasty. Mhm.
3: <laughs> and and I hate
2: to say it, but I think that game would have got nasty for Michigan State, man. Yep. Because the, every time we played somebody that year, that was one of these traditional schools that had these big reputations, it was like dog food for us. Mhm. Yep. It was like we we like we not just we don't want to just him win on no buzzer beater like this is trying to prove that Cincinnati basketball is a blue blood pretty much like
3: yeah, this is why sure. this
2: is why we're hated you know because we we beat these type of teams all the time yep. this is why they don't want to play us a lot like so anytime like we played like North Carolina game it was like come on man right like come on man like Michigan State at certain spots where you need to be successful at we win at.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We went
1: at. Now now right. with the let me ask you this, Kent, with with the bad taste in your mouth after the end of that season going into the second year, what what do you, what's your mindset after that first year? You know, um Lamar's obviously going pro. Was that in your mind as well?
2: Yeah, I I actually had put my name in the draft, my freshman year, and mm-hmm. Hugs end up talking me talking my grandmother into me going back to school because since I was so young, my grandmother would have to you know, sign every paper. And when I filed my name for the uh, the NBA office, like, I would have to have my guardian signature on the paper. And Hugs pretty much did a good job of convincing her me coming back would be better or whatever. But um, Kenyon and Damar and the people around them that were working with both of them pretty much is, like, out of nowhere, just, like, you know, you guys are th- like you have know, three lottery picks on your team, but that that was just when I got back to school. Things just was different, you know. Our team was different. Um, we didn't have we didn't have as many. We didn't have we didn't we wasn't that deep like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we, it, it just to me it it didn't it felt funny because like I said I was coming from a dominant high school team my senior year, then I got on that dominant. Team my freshman year, and now this team doesn't feel dominant.
3: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
2: Like we're, we're we're weak at a lot of spots. We're we're really a lot of inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And shit, pretty much the only two guys that got a lot of minutes on that team was me and me Low. Yep. Yep. The year before like Donald would get a couple of minutes here and there, so and so, but to be like uh, in the constant rotation it was just me and Low. Sure. You had uh what, Emmanuel McElroy, Jamal Davis. Matt came in, uh, Jamal Davis came in, um Anto um, Antoine Jones came in, mm-hmm. um uh Phil Williams came in, Ross Flowers came in. Mhm. And that was the class. And out of everybody in that class, Antoine was supposed to be the the, the big recruit. <laughs> yep, yep that foot up, man mm-hmm. it's, he he played, and he was is it's funny 'cause i didn't nobody got a chance to see him at his best, mhm, but one of my my high school teammates played Juco with him down in Tallahassee,
3: mhm,
2: and when Antoine committed to us like he was super hype, he was like, you know, sat, you're gonna like him like you gonna like he's pretty much similar to d j just a little shorter. Like the kid could jump out the gym and blah blah blah,
3: mm-hmm. and like when he
2: first came down before he hurt his foot, he, he he's pretty decent, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I don't think he took too well to um to the way hugs coached either though. That was a big <laughs> pro- that was a big big ain't, problem for him. Ain't for everybody, man. Yeah, ain't that, for was, everybody, that man. was a big problem because coming out of JUCO, they thought that he might go straight pro. Mm. He had that. He had a high high. High reputation coming in, JUCO mm-hmm. player of the year, like Antoine was that guy. Yeah, let me ask you
1: this: so during during your your uh, your last year,
2: um, you guys had
1: some great wins during the season, um, Alabama, Wake Forest, but there there was always one team. I don't know how you felt about this. I know during my te- my time, and my teams, one of the teams that just aggravated us, not just on the court, but one team we always got into it with was Charlotte, UNC Charlotte. Of course,
2: Diego Rivera. Of course,
1: Rivera. <laughs> of course. And, and
2: and people don't really understand that that was a big rivalry too.
1: Yeah, for sure, that was
2: a big rivalry. Like I remember, even like my senior year in high school and junior year watching watching those games on TV. Mm-hmm. Like that was those was wow, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Charlotte Charlotte's another play. I enjoy playing at Charlotte. Oh yeah. That I enjoyed crazy man. Yes.
1: They, they were having all types
2: of signs and shit like that. <laughs> oh, they they, they were that, that was that was great, man. That yeah. was great. Definitely Charlotte that was one of those teams. And they had and they had good ball players. Mm hmm. Oh they yeah. They had some really good ball players. Oh, they always always did. Diego Guerrero
1: was like the Bearcat fans always talk about um, who were some of the villains uh, that the Bearcats played against, and, and Diego Guevara mm-hmm. is definitely one of the top villains for sure. He Talk his shit all the time, man. Blowing kisses to his
3: mm-hmm. girl. Oh man. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they were they were tough, and um, I think that season you guys beat them at home early, lost to them away, and then lost to them in the conference
2: in the conference championship yep 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 now we'll, White. yep he Rodney was tough White. yep we he, had we had nobody to
3: match that one
1: mm-hmm. now what were your thoughts so after the conference uh tournament ends going into the uh ncaa tournament um and you guys played well the first two games um and then they're going against uh, stanford which i i mean they gave us i i know just from I I remember watching that game I was concerned um that there was some matchup problems that particular game for us but what are your some what what were your thoughts on that game um
2: going going into the Stanford game we we were we were we were playing well mm-hmm. like after we Mer- lost to Charlotte we lost that that game um coach it's funny coach coach did a really good job on the coast of Charlotte, towards the end of that championship game, I can remember it now. He ended up like he switched his defense, and mm-hmm. he kind of extended his defense more, and it kind of like forced the ball out of me and low hand a little faster.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it, it kind of like made other guys be the guy and, and make the decisions, and that mm-hmm. kind of like f- like fed into them. And our bigs wasn't finishing around the basket, but finishing that game, we we still we lost that championship game. We were feeling good. Even after the loss, we was tight. We lost, but we wasn't that mad. That mm-hmm. was kind of weird. Like you know, even at, you know how being on Cincinnati, mm-hmm. like after a loss, but it was it was like we felt good about ourselves. Like damn, we should have beat them. All right, let's regroup. We're about to get ready for this tournament, and mm-hmm. now we're just like pretty much let's see where we are gonna go, and then we get into the tournament. We end up in California. We was hype about that. Yep. You know? We were super hype about like getting out of Cincinnati, to go to Cali. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that some of the fans probably wanted, too, to get some of that weather.
3: <laughs> right.
2: Yep. But that Stanford game, we were confident. Um, as, like I said, as a year with that team, it kind of built up with us. Like, we kind of figured out who we was.
3: Mm-hmm. It was
2: uh, me and Lowe would, would be the guys pretty much trying to put up most of the offense. Um, Mac, Mac is going to pretty much take up the, the, the top perimeter matchup. Mm-hmm. um donald was was our big gonna try to protect the rim and jd played the fourth Mm-hmm. and stokes got mixed in from starting sometime and not starting some time. but stokes was, was pretty much the sixth man that year
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we just we figured it out we had a nice little rotation going um going to that game we was good but i think i think if i'm not mistaken i think low grandmother might have been sick
3: Mm, I, I think his
2: it. I think his grandmother might have been sick, and I'm not I'm not too sure if he had flew back to the East Coast and came back.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I'm not I, I I'm, don't quote me on that one. I'm not too sure, but somebody can find that out. But he we we were we were rolling. He was we started out kind of slow, then it, then it started going like it was all way, it was all momentum, it was all tempo, it, it was pretty much big cat basketball. Mm-hmm. Um. Logue never really got going. Yeah, I remember that. Logue yep. really never got going, and that kind of hurt us in the second half because nobody else besides myself really stopped got going. Right, like Stokes, you know, usually my, he might come and he might go fifteen, and he might go twenty. You know, like he he was a good spark off the bench sometimes. If somebody was like if me and Logue wasn't, you know, putting the ball in the basket, but. He Mm -hmm. really couldn't get going. I think he was in foul trouble with with Casey Jacobson or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we just – nobody else could really get going. Like, we were there. We were there. We were up for a while. But even when we went up, we couldn't, like, we couldn't take that next step.
1: Because you you played well that game. I think you had, like, 24 or something like that.
2: Yeah. You know one thing I remember about that game, too, a lot? Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I watched it. Probably about a couple of months ago with my son. They mm-hmm. shot a lot of fucking free throws. <laughs> they shot a lot. Of, like, you know how you go back and watch them? I mean, they shot oh, yeah. a lot of free throws. And I'm talking about, like, they were in the one and one with like 11 minutes left, man. Oh, man.
3: Because
2: cause wasn't Lenny in foul trouble?
3: Uh, a mean, lot of
2: guys, Lenny, yeah, yeah. Mac, like, like yeah, it, it was, was like it a lot was... of people with three fouls or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, yo, like, Low had, like, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Like it was a lot, and it was a lot of stuff that I'm like, come on, right, like, right. Like that was one of those, like that's just the uniform. They just calling that because who we are,
1: man. Yep, yep. Um, they they
2: shot a lot of fuck. And one thing about them shooting the free throws too, they made them shits. Yeah. The fucking twins was going up there making both of them. I'm like, what the fuck? The,
1: the Collins twins.
2: Yep. Yeah, like they. I mean, they. The, the guy that fucking plays football, I forgot his name. He's going up there knocking them down. I forgot <laughs> I his name. He Gonzalez. Tight. He played tight end, I think, in the NFL. Uh huh. I can't he, he's
1: remember. He's going
2: up there knocking them shit down. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. fucking
3: crazy,
2: man.
1: And, and so, and, and after losing that game. Um, Did you know after this year I'm going pro? Like you you knew that after this season?
2: Yeah, even Hollywood. Mm Mm-hmm. Even Hollywood. It just was a lot of – it was like a lot of positive around my name at the time. Right. And as far as like people didn't think like when I got – like a lot of people didn't think when I got to Cincinnati that I would be able to play that way. And what I mean by that is being a point guard.
3: Mhm.
2: Like, playing in high school, I played a, I played a lot, of, a lot of the two.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: like, pretty much combo guard, they would say nowadays. So that was another re- one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Cincinnati. Coach Huggs kind of, like, promised that he would let me play, like, point guard. Like, you know what I mean? hmm
3: And
2: yep. people didn't think that I had that type of vision. They just thought I was a scorer coming out of high school. So when I started playing that way, it became – he can see the floor like that. Plus, he can score the ball. He's fast. He does like he's a pro. Like, and at that time, you come out when it's when it's like that.
1: Mhm. Your name's hot. Yeah. You just had,
2: had twenty four for Stanford. Like, perfect time and to we, go. We're, we're in the Sweet Six. I was just on the number one team in the country. To, to lose everything, we lose to help lead this team to a Sweet six team. Yeah. Good point. Like, but it is yep. a a lot of a lot of things end up and I don't even like talking about that one too much because there was a lot of stuff that, you know, like went a different type of way and some of it was because, you know, like hugs didn't agree with certain things that I wanted to do. Mhm. So it it was that whole draft process was weird.
3: So before
1: we before we jump to that, um looking back how do you view your career at UC?
2: Um, yeah, I think I won a lot of games in the two years I was there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's funny. I think I actually on the two teams I was on, I think we're probably two of the better teams if you look in the history books of UC's history. So... Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I, I think I played pretty well in the two years I was there.
1: Yeah, you and, and a lot of the fans still look at you, man, as you know, one of the one of the best point guards to to come through UC. I mean, just even only playing two years, um, but you you enjoyed your time at UC, right?
2: Um, it it just like the trend, like the the difference. Was so much from my freshman and my sophomore year, like like you're saying, like you know, being on the team, you know what it is, like to be going around the country on the number one team, how easy you have access to, like you know, just how much everybody loves you. Uh huh. And then now being on this team my sophomore year, where we pretty much start the year out not that not that good, and it's like a lot of the guys didn't have. I don't know if it what they didn't have it yet. Uh, pretty much because we didn't have a lot of like upperclassmen like we had the year before.
3: Uh-huh.
2: I didn't see a lot of guys doing a lot of stuff that I was doing,
3: like mm-hmm. a lot of the
2: extra work and things like that. Like a lot of guys were in college, like you know what I'm saying.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it, it was it was just a different makeup, and mm. I knew we wasn't as good as we was the year before. So I'm like, we need to be in the gym. Like, yep. we could party our freshman year. Like, we was loaded. <laughs> like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Like, yep. we're
2: loaded, and these guys were more like professionals anyway. So it was like, I don't even know what kind of practice we're going to have tomorrow. Like, everybody's brand new.
1: Right, right. Uh, let me ask you quickly about your uh, your professional career. Um, played with the Nuggets. Um, you got drafted by the Mavs, right? And then you went yep. to the Nuggets. Uh, was was Van Axel there when you got there? I can't yes, remember. He was. That was Van. Okay, so you were there with Van Axel.
2: Yes, he was.
1: Man, that dude was
2: so good. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. Like, I like I said, even from the beginning, I always watched basketball as a kid, like early yeah. on. So, like, I've seen Nate play at Cincinnati, but having a chance to be on the team with him and being around him every day, like. I didn't know he was that good, even as a professional. Yep. Like, you know, you know Nick, Nick, Nick the Quick, like, you know, he's one of the better guards in the league, but my rookie year for like the first maybe 12 games of the season before mm-hmm. Nick got upset, he, he was the best guard in the league to me. He was pretty much on his way to an all-star
3: year. hmm
2: And McDyke's knee wasn't going to transition, I guess, the way they thought. And Nick just said he had enough and he was ready to get out of there. Yeah.
1: Man, Nick, I watched some of those highlights and Nick, the NBA highlights, and I'm just like, man. He was my Nick's my favorite bear cat of all time, like growing because, you know, I'm not I'm not ain't tall. No, ain't
2: ain't no argument about that.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that guy's good, man. man that guy, is, are, that guy is his hand is fucking huge. So big.
3: I was tell people He he that. would
2: um like he would <laughs> he would be in practice and you know, you come off the pick and roll and I know he gotta put the ball back down one more time for a dribble. Mhm.
3: Uh-huh. So
2: I would try to like beat him to the spot and he would just pick the shit up, man. <laughs> like just like just like just pretty much just pick it up. Yep. Like just, just just like if it was a tennis ball or something. Just like pick it up with no but see some guys can do that. But what I mean by like him pick it up, like the control he had when uh-huh. he picked it up, it was like what the, he could do he could fake a pass if he like he could do whatever he want with it like it was a football in his hand
1: yep it's <laughs> crazy so uh, now and you went to then you go to the uh 76ers and uh mm-hmm. AI's there yep so I mean you you play you play with two amazing guards uh what was
2: that like that was like that that was a a, a totally different type of team too Mm-hmm. Like being on the like being on the Nuggets, I was on the team. Like you know, being a rookie, I'm I'm with Nick Van Exel, I'm with Sean Leonard, George McCloud, Avery Johnson, Scott Williams, like uh, James Posey. Yep, that's right. So it it was it wasn't too many young guys on the team. Mm-hmm. So it was like a lot of veterans. So I get to Philly. It's like that over in Philly too. with a lot of vets, but the difference was. Allen Iverson, like this superstar treatment. I didn't see that in in Denver Mm -hmm. and maybe because McDice was hurt and things like that. And the team wasn't as good as they're supposed to be. But I've seen like, wow, like what the fuck a superstar is in the NBA, like how they treat them, like like the the day in and day out of what comes with being a star in the league. And that shit ain't no joke. Mm Mm-hmm. That's yep. non-stop. Can I get a picture? Can I get autographed? autograph? Can I get a picture? Can I get an autograph? Can I get a picture? Oh, yeah, that's how I'm not even saying hey, that's, I'm, not. I'm like, all day, every day. I'm like, it, it makes you sometimes question, do you want to be a superstar?
1: Right. I mean, it, it, hey, and we're seeing that in The Last Dance with, with Michael Jordan, and he talked about that man. on one of the episodes, right? He's just like, yeah. I'm, I'm done with this life. Oh, yeah. when,
2: when when somebody has said... Uh, hey, I would love to be Michael Jordan for a day. He's like, um, yeah, try to be Michael Jordan for a week.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? Like, see what, I mean, and I've seen it with him. I've seen, like, sometimes it would take his energy. Mhm. You know what I mean? Like, it just would take his energy. It was like, we'll be headed somewhere, and just out of nowhere, a bunch of people would come in it'd be like, come on. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, like, I, I don't want to live like that. But at the same time, I want to live like that, like, I want to play that well. I want to be the star the lead, but I see what like. I'm like, yo, there's a lot, man. A, lot, a lot with that. Mm-hmm. You you better leave uh, maybe two hours early to anywhere you gotta go. True. Just to give the people enough time to like you know, to have access to you because it's not you're not gonna be able to if you're one of those type of superstars. Even with security, you're not gonna be able to like try to just walk into any type of where public place like that like.
3: hmm. Soon
2: as you come out of a car, if there's a place where people at and they spot you and they it's come. A wrap. It's
1: a rap. It's a rap. Yep. yep. And then if you don't if you don't sign one autograph or take one picture no. you're on Twitter it, going yep. at you. Yep. <laughs> yep.
3: Um
1: and, and, and just to finish up here on your, your career here, um, you know, you go from that to, to playing overseas and, and, and continuing your professional career. Um, what was your last what was your last year playing? professionally.
2: Um Kaylin, be, I think five maybe five years ago.
3: Okay.
1: And mm-hmm. then um okay, so when it was over, uh why was it over? Were you just like
3: it's time to move on? My body's my body's mm-hmm. done. No. no.
1: My body's
2: my body's pretty much good. I like, you know, God bless me. I never really had to have any major surgeries or have go under the knife or anything really. Um, mm-hmm. been blessed in that way, but it, it got to a point where uh, my daughter, my daughter was playing, and she was starting like to really, really get it. And as, as I w- would come back home and in, in, in the summertime would be spending that time with them, started going to lots of games and seeing how people were acting around these kids. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, like as as they do with top prospects. So at the same time I'm like I go overseas and play and I got teammates that are kinda like I had some teammates that was like oh, And they would be like on the on a Skype or whatever with their kids and you know, hey, you know, we have a conversation and I'm like, damn, this dude been playing so long, like you pretty much missed your your whole kid going up. Especially if you playing overseas it's eight to almost sometime a like ten month season. Right. So I'm like that's something that I, I didn't want. I didn't I didn't want to miss her playing high school basketball. I didn't want to miss being there to help her become a better player. I, I didn't
3: want to miss that stuff.
2: Mhm. So I was just like I need this to just stop. Yep. Yep. No, there there are, there are a lot of people
1: that face those type of situations where they get towards the end of their careers. For a lot of guys, it's it's injury, their body breaks down. Uh, or some people just say man i'm 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 mentally done with hoops, and some people say man i gotta I gotta go on to the next stage of my life i gotta you know start raising my family so yeah let me um let me jump into this real quick. What I did was um because there was such a big Twitter response about getting you on the the podcast, I always put it out there on Twitter um if any bearcat fans have any questions for whoever i'm interviewing to let me know, and I usually pick three so um I picked three of the Twitter questions I was uh I was told to ask you so I I gotta like I gotta like uh I gotta go through some of these questions because some of them are just like crazy and I said let me let me get down to three good ones and these are the three best that I found so at Nicholas miles nine told me to ask you what's a great story to share
2: from Rucker Park oh oh I got one um I remember when I was, like, I was young. I probably was, I think I was, like, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. I think I I just graduated, like, eighth. I think it was, I I just graduated eighth grade. It was actually graduation day. Mm-hmm. Um, We just graduated. Uh, a couple of us had went to go get something to eat real fast with our, like, our parents, but we were rushing because we were trying to get downtown to Harlem to Rucker Park. hmm and, you know, you got at that time, you got to get there early. If not, you're not getting in. So by mm-hmm. the time we got there, you know, we heard all day long that Allen Iverson and, um, and Stefan Marbury were going to be playing on the same team. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. by the time we got there, there was no way in the world they was letting us little kids in that park. I mean, mm-hmm. for one, we're too little. People can't even see us.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: it's, it's super packed. You got Puff Daddy out there. You got, like...
3: <laughs> you know, mace
2: out there like you got uh mary j Blige out there like oh, you got everybody in the hip hop industry out there so mm-hmm. me and my me and my friends that we was we climbed on the tree and from the tree like we could kind of like lean on the gate so we just stood on the tree and just leaned on the gate and watched the game uh and and, and ai and uh marbray played oh uh, they put on a, they put on the show Oh, man. I mean, th- things things just it looked like things just really came easy to like AI. Like mm-hmm. as everybody was playing in, in in one place, it seemed like he was playing from wherever.
3: <laughs> yep,
1: and that AI was the guy Kenny that I studied. Like I studied his game. Not that I played like him, but I just studied so many elements of his game. Like what made I always try to figure out what makes this dude so special. You know, being that he and I are like the same size. And I'm like, what is it? And I studied his game, so um I, I bet that was fun to watch him there. Um,
3: yeah,
1: great guy me, too, man. That's what I hear. I've yet to meet him. Um Dermar said he was gonna hook it up where I could meet him, so I'm still waiting on DJ on that. Um Yeah,
2: he's a he's a he's a he's a great guy, man. A great, great
1: guy. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh Twitter question number two from At your underscore fun underscore uncle, um, and I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, so you can kind of, um, keep it short if you want, but how did you come up with the nickname Birdman for Chris Anderson? I'm sure you get asked Um,
2: that a lot. Yes, I got asked that yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's pretty much simple. We were, we were in Summer League, we're playing in Summer League, Mm -hmm. and, um, we had like a training camp before summer league, and we had a lot of athletes on our team, mm-hmm. uh, like Vince Yarborough, Donnell Harvey, Mayne, Nicholas Skitovici. Uh, so it was like a lot of guys that could jump. So anytime we got like a fast break, these guys would tell me like, "Yo, don't throw no, no chest pass, no bounce pass, just throw it in the air."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I would be throwing like anytime I want to break with them, I just throw it up. But mm-hmm. I was already used to that from playing with Canyon and, and DJ. Yep. So just throwing it up, throwing it up, and what I noticed was, a lot of times I threw it up in the air, Chris would come out of nowhere, and some of the that were intended for other people, he would just come out of nowhere and just take them. Mm -hmm. So, one day I threw it up to Nene, and Nene kind of had it in his hand, and Chris just took it out of his hand and just dunked it, pretty much Mm. dunked it on Nene and the other guy. Mm. So, when we got in the locker room, we were always laughing, and Nene, you know, at that time, he didn't really speak great English, so he's like, yo, man, like that was my pass." So, I was like, Chris, you kind of like a like a vulture, B. like I can't put nothing around you. You are taking everything <laughs> I put up in the air. So mm-hmm. I was like, you like a bird, man. And I said it like that. And I was like, yo, bird man. And then
3: <laughs>
2: every time he caught up like a lob in the, in the game, he would start like doing his arms like that.
3: And we um, were like bird, man. And We just
2: we just stuck with him. That was rap. just Stuck with him. Yep. That's he's another good dude too, Chris Anderson, man.
1: Yeah, he's, yeah.
2: He's, he's not bird man to me. Like I don't call him bird man. <laughs> Like, Who's I that? call him CA. Like, you know what I mean? You call him what? CA.
3: Okay. His okay. name is
2: Chris Anderson. Like, when I met yeah, him, yeah. like, my rookie year, he had came in from the D League or whatever. He was, like, the number one pick or something like that.
3: Mm-hmm. And he had
2: got, like, he came up, like, late in the year. And, like I said, it wasn't a lot of vets on the team. So, me and him were the two youngest guys on the team. Mm-hmm. So, it, he was just CA to me.
1: Yep. That's a good story, though, about Birdman. Um,
2: a last Twitter question
1: here from at Tyler Bubbles twelve. What was Coach Huggins' speech to you guys before the Sweet Sixteen game for Stanford? Do you remember that?
2: I don't remember particularly like when you say word for word, but I remember. I remember his mood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He um he was confident as shit. Yeah, he was. Con- he was confident as shit. He was confident. I mean that mm-hmm. that was. He was confident. He um, he was like, yo, we're going to go out here, you know, and Hugs it We're going to fuck these motherfuckers up. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to prove to these people because they don't think that we could beat them. And you know how he'd get into them speeches. Yep. And he was confident. He was confident. Even as when the game started and it, it, it wasn't going our way he was he was fighting. Even if you look at the game and you look at the bench, you see him yelling at the ref, yelling like no ge- – Pretty much give my my guys a chance.
1: Yep. That's hugs. Yep. All
2: right. Now, I've
1: got a uh, last set of things here. I always do at the end of the podcast. I do quick questions, quick answers. Okay. You ready for this? Yep. All right. Quick questions, quick answers with Kenny Satterfield. Number one, you being from New York City, the birthplace of hip hop music, I want you to tell me who is the greatest rapper of all time. Jay-Z, my man, my man, 50 grand. You are so right, my favorite rapper. Have you ever met Jay-Z? Yes, sir. Oh,
3: um, man. That's
1: one dude I got to meet.
2: Uh, what was that like?
3: Uh, it was regular. I don't know.
2: Like, I mean, just probably just being forced enough to, like, you know, have the lifestyle that I, I had and playing at UC and playing with Kanye Martin and playing with Nick Van Exel and playing, like, just fort enough to be around superstars all the time. So it was just more like it was wasn't a fan, like, you know what I mean? As, not like I'm not a fan of it, but it wasn't one of those, oh I need a picture or anything like that. It just was like Right. Like, What's up? You know what I mean?
1: Yep. Yep. Hove. Hove the goat. He the man though. Yo, no, no doubt about that. He's he a billionaire.
2: Yep. Even before that, he was the man. <laughs> now he got fine. the numbers to back him.
1: Yes, sir. Uh question number two here. The best player you've ever played against? Kobe Bryant Ooh. Kobe. Uh was that was that in the when you played against him, was that just in the league? Did you play against in the league.
2: street in ball? The league. Okay. No, in the league. Straight in the league. Kobe Bryant
3: Yep. Kobe Bean, rest in peace.
2: Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. All
1: right, number three. All right, if you could take one Bearcat teammate with you, and I think I'm going to know your answer. If you could take one Bearcat teammate with you to go to battle, going to battle, you could take one Bearcat teammate, who
2: do you take with you? Oh, that's a tough one. I need to take two. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. I would, I would take I would take Demar Johnson with me. Ooh, that's a guy. I DJ. would take I would take Demar Johnson with me, but I, right. I would definitely take Kenyon Martin in and the alley with me. Yep. And, and he got it all day. That's why I said it's two. That's tough. I came in with DJ. Yep. I came yep. in with DJ. Um, and it's funny as
3: as my
2: relationship with Kenyon grew and since he, it was like Kenyon took me and DJ under his wing. Mm-hmm. He would, I mean, he pretty much would come to the dorm all the time and just come play games and like just anything conversation we need to have to come. So I'll probably, I'm going to have to put Kenyon first. I'm going to take Kenyon first. I'm going to take Kenyon because I was with DJ every day. So Kenyon's the one we're going to battle with.
1: There we go. All right, last question, number four. If you could go back in time and do anything different. In your basketball career, what would you do different? Oh,
2: uh, if I could do anything, I would hope that Canyon didn't get
3: hurt.
2: Mm. <laughs> Great answer. I will hope that Canyon didn't get hurt. Yeah, keep him from getting hurt for
1: sure. Yep. Uh, now, let me ask you, the last, uh, last thing I want to um, talk to you about before we uh, jump off here, um, have you had a chance to watch uh, much of the, the Bearcat team uh, this past season, recently?
2: Yeah, I, I, I watched some of them. I'm right here in Columbus, so I got a chance to watch a lot of them.
1: Okay. Um, have you had a chance? Do you know Coach Brandon at all, the new coach? No, I don't. Okay. Real good dude, man. Really, really good dude. I think it'd be a good guy for you to talk to, man, and definitely uh, keep you involved in the program. Um, he's really, really good person. I think he's gonna do a great job, man. We've Gotta get you back to a game next season. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'll be down there a lot next year with Herbie and Xavier.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: So I mean, yeah. you gotta, you gotta double yeah. dip. You gotta go we'll to just make game. it a weekend. Yes. Yeah, for
1: sure. I know they would love to have you back. <clears throat> I need to tell him to get a hold of you, man. Speak to the team. Oh, that'd be a good thing.
3: Yeah, I know.
2: I know, um, I know Keith real well. Oh yeah, he's from New York. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, he's from, I was he's from Brooklyn. I was, right? Yeah, I was working at the AAU program. He was um, coaching at the AAU program he played at. Okay. Okay. And he put right all the time. Good deal. We'd we'll love to get you
1: back, man. Love to keep you involved in the program and all that good stuff. So, um, I, I appreciate you doing this, man. You got some great yeah. stories, man. The, the the fans really wanted to hear from you, and uh, they were spot on because you got some great stories, some great history, a lot of stuff I'd never heard before. So, I really appreciate it, brother.
3: No
2: problem, man.
1: Yeah, man. Well, you hey, you be safe, man. I'll keep in touch with you and. uh... Hope to get you back some games here uh, this coming year. Good luck to your family, too, by the way. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Safe, All, right. All right, you too, brother. Be right. safe. All right.
0: I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham, on Snapchat at BigMeach41, and soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats!